0: of all
1: Welcome to the Tale podcast I'm your host, Anna Spray, and this is the first conversation in our Rooted series. This week, we look at being Word and Christ-centered. I sat down with Carl and Carolee Beauchamp, members of our community, to hear how they read scripture and how that informs their life with God. It was such a fun conversation, and they brought up so many helpful points. Um, They're such thoughtful people, and they've had such a life with God that can teach us so many things. So even several days later, I'm still thinking about it. So I hope you enjoy it and find it helpful. Okay, Carl and Cara Lee, thanks for having me in your home today. And uh, thanks for being willing to be the first ones, the guinea pigs for our new Rooted series. So easy question yes. to start off. <laughs> what Bible do you first remember reading?
2: Um, I remember the pew Bibles from my church where I grew up. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I never really read the Bible before that. Mm-hmm. And so they had these hardcover. I guess we started off with NIVs, I think. Oh, yeah. blue hardcover NIVs at St. John's. Like Vancouver the b- there.
1: bigger ones, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like these in size. You could fend off an interview with them if you needed to. And, uh, yeah, that's what I remember. It's when I first, first started reading the Bible was when I was in my teens at church, and those were the ones we had.
1: And was it just, like, picking it up? While you're bored sitting in church, David's sermons going too long.
2: No, it was in youth group. Okay. It was in youth group, we always used them in youth group. I had a youth pastor that was super influential mm-hmm. uh, for me, and uh, we used the church two Bibles, and so in youth yeah. group he made a point of having us read the Bible, and he, he preached and taught us from the Bible, and so mm-hmm. we went through, you know, pretty intense books like Romans and stuff in mm-hmm. youth group, and um, so yeah. So nice. They were always on the, on the fold-out chairs we had in the... Yeah, so they the kind of became, room. like,
1: familiar to you, like you got comfortable yeah, picking them up. I guess up. you could
2: say that. Yeah, yeah. That's where I remember reading the Bible the most at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What about you, Carolee?
0: Um, I definitely had one of those beginner's Bibles Yeah. that were cartoon... And just a sentence on each page, mm-hmm. and all the characters had those big googly eyes. <laughs> just I remember that uh, type of graphic, cartoon mm-hmm. graphic, really well. Um, so that was the first one I had as a young child. Um, and then I remember I had a second-hand Bible that was NIV, and it was blue. I think it was Pleather. Kind mm. a paisley pattern on it.
1: Girls Bible. And it was owned
0: <laughs> by this uh woman named Naomi, and I all her notes were in the Bible. Oh wow. And I think I read this Bible when I was in grade five or six. Hmm. And I never met this woman. I don't even know where I got the Bible. Probably my grandma's secondhand store in Vernon. Oh really? But I just remember there was a lot of her hmm. notes and highlighting and it was just kind of special wow I totally saint gone before me and
1: yeah and then you get to like see her thoughts as well as reading yeah, the text huh.
0: her relationship with god a little bit
1: that's so that's interesting so
0: that just popped into my head
1: do you still have that bible now no no oh, and
0: did. i don't. my parents have it
1: huh oh
2: she did
0: that's
1: very cool yeah. that's super cool i wouldn't even know yeah, I mean those item That seems such a personal thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Like to ha- it is interesting to think about. Well, how did her Bible get in your grandmother's store, and how did that? Even- yeah, that's so interesting, huh?
0: Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It is funny how. You know, obviously we have a relationship with the words that are contained in the Bible, which is what we're talking about today. But we have a relationship with the physical object too.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I can't. I can't read on my the Bible on my phone. No. Do it for me, no. Yeah. There's like great apps for it and stuff. hmm Um, they have the little like Bible project videos. To, you know, they're great. I love I love those guys. Yeah. But uh, I ever try to do proper devotions on my phone, I just yeah. stuff can't can't do it.
1: It's interesting. It's I wonder if it is almost like a psychological thing or a relational thing. Like what is it that, you know, somehow the medium really makes a difference.
2: Totally. Well, I'm personally neither here nor there, but I'm resentful of my phone for taking up too much of my brain space. So it doesn't right. make up a good, uh, not a good devotional, uh, I don't know, not a good devotional situation if I'm Yeah. resentful of the thing I'm using to...
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like if you're wanting to somehow delineate your devotional time separate from the rest of your life, mm-hmm. it makes sense that you wouldn't want it connected to the place where you get your email or your yeah. calls or yeah
2: well my phone's a tool and um, what well, should be anyways it tends to be more than that although i don't want it to be but my, my bible shouldn't be a tool really i don't think interesting so huh. yeah
1: that's interesting
2: plus i just like i just like to shake my fish at the world and say Andy, <laughs> bear, <laughs> be.
1: Yeah. anti-technology yeah
2: i say with my <laughs> phone in my pocket and In front of this laptop and microphone, but there
1: you go. I know, it's kind of unavoidable. It's interesting, the whole question of, like, do you encounter the Bible on your phone or not? Because I remember when the first Bible apps came out, people were like, this is great. Everybody has the Word of God, like, on their phone. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how people sort of want to step away from that because you want to somehow associate God differently than the rest of your regular life, somehow.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, think about, I think about the way I read all my, and this is going on too long, but the way I read yeah. all my, like, you know, I read an article on my phone, or whatever, I'm always skimming, 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 and yeah. the crazy thumb movement, and just, you know, going fast down the...
1: Just swiping the
2: through. And the scroll page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different. It's yeah. different. It doesn't lend itself to us being as present, I guess.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. though, like, does the medium make a difference in terms of our interaction with God's word oh
2: I totally think it does yeah I mean oh gosh this is going off on another tangent but if I, someone I read someone somewhere once say that uh, it was an obvious thing but I didn't realize it before then that for most Christians in most of history they interacted with the Bible through hearing it because they yeah were well, they were
1: literate. Right? yep mm-hmm. and so all those
2: mm-hmm. things were written to be read out loud mm-hmm
1: Well, and that's why so many people throughout history, sorry, this is like the theologian history buff in me, but that was the whole thing with the King James Bible because King James Mm -hmm. mandated that a Bible would be, literally they chained it to the Mm -hmm. pulpit of every church Mm -hmm. so that there was like a printed word because nobody had books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But then that's just been, it's a different thing to hear it than it is to read it and study it. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a privilege that we can read and then I have the Bible printed out over there on my, Table, but uh, it's a special thing to hear it too. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Well, it was interesting. Like Vanessa in her sermon two Sundays ago, she memorized her text. Mm-hmm. So when we got together to discuss, she didn't have her Bible in front of her. She just looked out and just mm-hmm. spoke it out. And I've seen that happen probably a handful of times in my life. But it it always strikes me how different it is to encounter the Word of God when somebody speaks it from memory Mm -hmm. than if they're lifting a page in front of their face. That's always something I
2: wish I'd done more of, memorization. I've never done it very well. Yeah. There's only one (laughs) first and only Bible verse I ever really memorized. I've tried other times since then, but they've never really stuck as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah happened once in youth group and it's stuck, but that never really says
1: well and it's funny too how because we do Bible memory verses with our kids mm-hmm. yeah. and they remember it like no problem yeah. <laughs> like wow. I remember at one point Lily was up to over 50 verses or something and it was like no big deal mm-hmm. Jacob would work on it with her for 10 or 15 minutes and then she could just like spelt them anytime yeah. but as you get older like your memory retention gets worse and worse yeah yeah it's too bad <laughs> okay so as i said at the beginning we're doing this fall series about being rooted and we're going back to look at the founding values that were there at the beginning of the table when it was first established and this first value which josh preached about on sunday um, is that we say we we long to be christ-focused and word-centered because we believe that apart from christ proclaimed in the bible there is no hope so, what do you guys think about that?
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think of um, when Peter says to Jesus, to, when he asks them if they're going to leave as well, mm-hmm. like the crowds who are all leaving Jesus, and he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that really relates to what you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Jesus is the only hope. Yeah. And we need to know the words of eternal life to grasp that hope.
1: Right. To that, know what it yeah. is. And, exactly. Yeah. And
0: those words the word is Jesus but it's also written down for us.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's I guess I lied. That's another verse that I've memorized, kind of unintentionally. To whom shall I go for? Yeah, you you have the words of eternal life. Yeah, that's definitely one I've come back to a lot of times. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. well, I
1: think there's lots of ways that the word gets into you. I mean, I know that most of the scripture that I remember is from hymns Mm. that I sang in church as a kid. Like my mom was a played piano in our church growing up, and so it was really just listening to her practice and singing it, like. So usually when people quote scripture I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was it, you yeah. know, yeah. that hymn or whatever." Yeah. And it, but it, that's another way that the word kind of gets in you, but um mm-hmm. yeah, I love that you brought that up, Carly, cuz that is such a poignant moment, isn't it? Like where Peter's like, "Well, there's nowhere else we could be no one else we would devote ourselves to." Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely times where, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not always uh, su- super thrilled about that you know sometimes I, most of the time I'm but sometimes I'm just you know not in the best headspace or grumpy about it or whatever but certainly that verse has been important to me mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I mean I think oh, I'm just you not know, feeling it I'm grumpy I'm whatever just not in a great a great space but man' what's the alternative right Yeah um, certainly all the other thing anything else on offer make a lot of sense to me yeah 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 yeah
1: i think consistency can be hard mm-hmm. you know i don't know i mean do you guys do you have like a daily practice of reading scripture or try to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i certainly
2: try to it varies mm-hmm. Um. yeah i've tried to for a long time but it's always it's variable mm-hmm. certainly yeah it's something i, I want to prioritize mm-hmm. yeah
0: Yeah, I think in every season you have to reprioritize it and Mm. reschedule it in because it is so easy for life to just crowd in around it and for things that are urgent like dinner or things that are immediate Mm -hmm. to crowd out what's really important. Yeah. So i found in my life it's always, it looks a bit different in every season and now being a mom... I can't read the Bible in the morning because baby's up early. Yeah,
1: she's ready to go. <laughs> that used to always be the
0: best time for me yeah. to read it in the morning, but now I read it during nap or mm-hmm. um, right if she goes to bed in the mm-hmm. evening. So, yeah, it's been a, a story for me of like always prioritizing and yeah. scheduling it
1: in. I like how you describe mm-hmm. it. It's almost like a New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. like recommitting yourself again
0: mm-hmm.
1: to say, how can I do this daily for this season of life? What does it look like?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've always been better at that than me. Well, I think <laughs> we've encouraged each other
0: in it that's true. along the way, and that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need oh, that for sure. Ability.
1: Well, that's the thing, I think, you know, especially being married and like God willing, married to a Christian person, yeah. like that's a lot of the kind of encouraging each other to good works that that is so helpful in that hopefully your spouse does help hold you to that or help make that more a priority for you or encourage you, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and then hopefully we're doing that for our kids too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing I keep thinking about now that my girls are both literate, Is like if they're seeing me read the Bible, hopefully they'll be more apt to pick mm-hmm. it up themselves mm-hmm. too. You know, thinking about even that woman who left her Bible for you, like yeah. we are an influence to each other. Yeah,
2: definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, growing up in a church that had the Bible made a point of reading and teaching mm-hmm. the Bible was a big influence on me. Even though I didn't, what, didn't always, you know, I, like I said, I have always been the, consistent in doing mm-hmm. that. It's always something that I felt like I wish I was more consistent in. When I when I was having seasons of, you know, flighty, like flakiness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always an important example for me. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, and there's a sense of like you need something other than your own willpower to keep you to that. Mm -hmm. You know, because our Mm -hmm. willpower comes and goes, and so you like you were saying, like your youth leader was so important Mm -hmm. to you, like not only by example, but encouraging you, like calling you to yeah. like follow in the same yeah. way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he taught from the Bible, and that showed me that, oh, that's there's a lot to be gained here. Mm-hmm. This is where God's speaking. Mm-hmm. And that was really clearly con- conveyed mm-hmm. there. In church as well, but um, it came home to be first in youth group. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you have that, either of you, did you ever have that experience of like, reading the Bible and feeling like those words were written expressly for you like you were just saying like God is speaking and here you know here it is like do you ever have you ever had that experience where
0: I've had the experience a lot of being so in awe or struck by something that it's like a burning heart feeling Hmm. that's almost physical I'm just awed Hmm. I think is the best word to describe it I don't know if I've, well, I guess, you know, in the emotional teenage years, reading yeah. some of the songs and being like, oh, this is definitely about me and my friends, or <laughs> the drama I'm having. <laughs> I guess, I guess I have thought those words were written specifically for me, but generally it's, it's more a sense of awe, I think. Hmm. In my mm. adult life.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Dang. I fit you know, I don't know. I think, um, the kind of, what do you call it? Like high point emotional experiences mm-hmm. with God. I've, uh, those have almost always for me come in church or, hmm. or, uh, yeah, in church. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the context,
1: know, I, in the context of worship, of worship. Yeah. Or in the context, yeah.
2: Like communion or, or hearing a, someone clearly teach the word. Um, those are the moments where I remember the most, uh, I remember the feeling the most impacted. Yeah. Um, yeah, impacted by by the word or just kind of having a, you know, like a mountain top experience or, or whatever you want to call that. hmm Yeah. So it's, it hasn't been my, my personal experience to have a lot of those in my day to day life. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they've been there, they've been in church. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think I've had moments too where I felt like God led me to a specific passage and mm. a specific time mm. that's been really encouraging to me. Or yeah. very convicting or really just spot on addressing what I'm dealing with. To the current situation. Yeah. 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 Um, but not that he wrote those words exactly for that situation.
1: Yeah, but that gives <laughs> but you this sense of like, the Bible being living and alive mm-hmm, yeah. and that it has it has action in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And the Holy Spirit using the word mm-hmm.
2: in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, Like I, rem- I remember I pretty clearly sitting is just again a youth group event but we were in the main sanctuary of the church and sitting in one of those pews and Ken was, was the youth leader, and he was preaching on. It was one of Paul's letters, anyways. Mm-hmm. And being being struck, uh, he was preaching on, on, on grace from one of Paul's letters, which obviously is a big theme. Mm-hmm. And that was the, f- the first moment where it really came home to me wow, there's nothing about des- like deserving here. Mm. Uh, deserve this and I don't deserve this and here's God giving life and salvation to me um, and there's nothing to do with with anything deserving yeah in fact it's it's expressly in spite of me being undeserving yeah uh, and it's so disconnected from any kind of earning hmm. uh, that was a really like a big moment for me yeah. And that was um, specifically connected to the word being taught. Yeah. yeah taught.
1: Yeah, because in that context... Yeah, really opened it up for me. Yeah, it like came alive to you. Yeah, huh. yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for most of us who preach as a part of our <laughs> regular rhythm, that's the ideal, mm-hmm. you know, that every time we open the Bible with mm-hmm. people that it would become alive and would be somehow present in their lives, like Mm -hmm. whether convicting or encouraging or informing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that there would be some kind of live moment Mm -hmm. beyond just, oh, this is nice words. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what we hope to do all the time, even when we meet in our small groups or I know even for our family, when we open – the scripture at home although it's a challenge with kids Mm -hmm. like I hope that they would experience that Mm -hmm. you know that when we open it as a family that it's not just kind of like oh we read another psalm today Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) whatever but I
2: think that's (laughs) the other thing that thinking about consistency and about about um, uh, consistency in reading the Bible in a way I'm I don't know I feel like maybe uh, I'm kind of lucky in, in that I haven't had a lot of those big kind of intense emotional experiences on my own mm-hmm. reading the bible because maybe maybe I don't know but for me if I did I'd feel like it was a failure if I didn't have them oh you know what sure I mean? and so in yeah, recently in the past year maybe it's been helpful to me to think about when I come into the bible especially I'm trying to like more consistently read um the old testament mm-hmm. uh, coming to it in faith thinking okay this is god's word i don't know what it means but i mean mm-hmm. why should i mm-hmm. it's it's uh just from a human perspective it was written you know however many thousands of years ago from mm-hmm. a completely different culture mm-hmm. uh, so even if it wasn't god's word i would have trouble understanding it yeah but then it's also you know god's communication to you to us, and mm-hmm. so clearly there's gonna be a lot of depth in there. That mm-hmm. well, why should I get it on the first or third pass through? Mm-hmm. So that's been actually helpful for me to just kind of approach it, mm-hmm. thinking, okay, if I have a if I have a moment, well, great, praise God. But if I don't, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, at, you know, stick at it, and, and maybe the third time through, or maybe in five years when I read this again, I'll have a moment. Or even if I don't, God is got is doing work that i'm not aware of yeah uh,
1: i yeah. think that's the thing like that's such a good reminder because i that really does more closely resemble a normal relationship yeah. you know just yeah. like you're relating to your spouse or anyone else mm-hmm. there's those mountaintop moments that are awesome mm-hmm. and humdrum moments and then mm-hmm. lower moments and i know for me like well yeah i mean the old testament is a good example it's not an easy aspect of Mm -hmm. god's word to understand Mm -hmm. and i found that i've come to understand it only through more intensive study Mm -hmm. because there is such a historical gap Mm it's like i don't really understand the context of this or what these how these actions are significant in that Mm -hmm. culture i don't understand what they mean and i can't frame it and so it's taken a lot of study to even start to kind of mine those depths. However, what you said is so true. It's like it's worth our time because it's still a part of God's revelation of himself. It's still a Mm -hmm. part of the way that we get to know him, but it's definitely a lesser relatable (laughs) aspect. But
2: even if I don't have the capacity to like study Hebrew or whatever, Mm -hmm. you should still read it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean God gave it to us and so there it is yeah so we should probably read it <laughs> yeah right we should probably and maybe we get it maybe we don't but certainly if it's there for us to read we should read it and God will do his work yeah you know? mm-hmm. I mean definitely people can spend you know PhDs mm-hmm. a, a worth of years studying the Bible and writing commentaries and stuff but I mean I'm sure you have met people studying in seminary uh, who's done a lot of academic work but unfortunately, like, the faith somehow isn't alive really, right? Look, people yeah. exist yeah. Mm. and then there's people who haven't done the academic work who can read, like 1 Samuel, mm-hmm. and God can speak to them, mm-hmm. to 1 Samuel so it's not like it's a requirement to do it, it's, I mean, it's yeah. great to do, but uh, the people who come to that faithfully and God uses it, right? Well,
1: there's always that sense of, like, when you're reading scripture and you know, Carolee, you mentioned this, like you need to have the spirit reading along with you mm-hmm. too. And I think for a lot of people, cause I have, I went to school with those people who started studying the Bible and have lost their faith mm-hmm. because there's so many problematic aspects of the Bible mm-hmm. that they just wrestled with and couldn't reconcile. And mm-hmm. so somehow their faith in God and relationship with him suffered. And I, I, it's a good point to raise because I think you're, like Carly, you mentioned, like the presence of the spirit mm-hmm. too, right? Like it's not just me in a book, like it's God's presence as I'm picking that book up. And so am I, am I trusting that, okay, I, I don't necessarily understand this passage or what it means, but as you say, like, do I have an, an overarching trust that somehow God is present and active and speaking mm-hmm. and working in me somehow? It's
2: the long game, right? That's what I
1: think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people give up.
0: Yeah, or they just feel so intimidated, or mm-hmm. they feel discouraged because they're not having emotional experiences, and then they don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> and my experience has been, the more you read it, the more you love it and understand it, and it takes years. Yeah. Of faithfulness, so I just don't want people to be discouraged from that. Yeah. Or intimidated because they have the Spirit of God, Mm -hmm. and that is what you need.
1: That's such a good reminder, because I feel like as a priest, people are always like, well, you explain it to me. Like, you make this relevant. Like, you've studied, you know. And my point is that everyone out there is just as capable as having insights into the God's Word as I am. Mm -hmm. It just, like you say, it just takes the perseverance and the trust and the not giving up. Mm Mm-hmm not giving up that god wants to show himself to us wants to encounter us and that his word is one of the number one ways that we get Mm -hmm. to do that
0: yeah yeah
1: but it is like you said before like it is something to keep rededicating ourselves to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: over our whole lives Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. for sure so that being, I mean, this is so fruitful, you guys. This is so good. And we don't even need half my questions because we've <laughs> gone in other directions. But, like, thinking of that, you know, that people struggle with reading God's word, are there aspects of the Bible? I mean, you mentioned the Old Testament being a bit of a struggle for you, Carl. Carly, is there, like, a part of the Bible that you just kind of been like, I don't know what to do with this? <laughs>
0: Always revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And I've read it. A couple times. Like, I've done a few Bible in the year, yeah. or however long it takes you, programs, and I remember my dad just telling me, my dad's a pastor as well, mm-hmm. he said, you know, some parts of the Bible you just have to read, and even if you don't get it, just read it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like Carl was saying, in a few years, or <laughs> some connection will yeah. be made in the future, and that's always how I feel about well, Revelation. I just read it and I don't get it and it's scary hmm. and I just feel like well I trust God Yeah. and I, I think too what I've been learning a lot about recently as a good way to explain how to approach the Bible is that we're looking for God in the Bible hmm. not ourselves mm-hmm. and I think when we go to the Bible being like hey, mm-hmm. what, what can I learn about me or what can I apply to me and it's very like us focused yeah we really can misinterpret things mm. in pretty crazy ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been reflecting on this a lot with my friend, my neighbor who we study the Bible together. But when you go to the Bible looking for God, yeah. who God is, yeah. that's what it's primarily about because yeah. it's a revelation. So it's revealing God. Yeah, And that helps. Um, I think it helps us interpret accurately mm-hmm. and also, some of those difficult passages we can ask ourselves a question what does this teach us about god mm-hmm. and maybe if we don't understand all the human aspects we can still learn about his character and that's that's the important person of god that we can trust yeah if we don't understand all the
1: prophecies but it's such a countercultural value isn't it because yeah. everything else in our life tells us to be self-focused mm-hmm you know, everything in our culture around us screams at us to like know yourself and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) find your worth and your identity and stuff. But you're right. I mean, the Bible reading the Bible is a whole exercise in knowing God. Yeah. And then he tells us that as we know him, we will come to know ourselves because Mm -hmm. we will know the one who made us. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of ironic. Like I've reflected on this a lot over the years of how Mm -hmm yeah people get frustrated because they feel that god is so other and so different but it's really in knowing god that we come to discover mm-hmm. who we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but yeah it's a it's a different kind of a focus than yeah. what we're sort of naturally conditioned for yeah
2: that makes me think of i mean even talking about um it's like a countercultural value uh because everything tells us to you know note like follow your your heart and, and know yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as I, as I was thinking about all these things, this last week or two in anticipation of this, this, uh, conversation, I was thinking, I don't think we know, actually do know ourselves very well, mm-hmm. you know, like when you start, when you really start thinking about why do I think the things that I think? Yeah. You know, is it really because I, um, you know, I surveyed every possible option and chose the one that is the best. Hmm. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm in a culture like everyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the things that seem obvious to me would have seemed very not obvious to someone, uh, a hundred or even 50 years ago, or even today in a different country. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, and, the, and I'm sure people in the future are going to look back at me and say, you thought what? <laughs> like, you know, my grandkids would probably think you thought, what? Like, that's wild that you thought that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I don't know, if, if I start looking at at uh, myself as if I've made myself, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, it's, it's, it's an endless spiral there, you know? Yeah. You really start realizing... you you take a critical eye on why you think what you think and then like the void opens up underneath you you know (laughs) did I choose any of this well not really I don't know yeah Uh, but then if you like you said you start knowing God who made you yeah and it things kind of can be a bit clearer or it explains some of the kind of uncomfortable strange things that you have going on inside of you yeah why are they there why do I Want this, but I don't want it, or why do I not want it, but I do it anyways, mm-hmm. or what do I really like? Josh always says there's a thing behind the thing, like, <laughs> yeah, with when I, I want you know money, sex, or power, but then I get mm-hmm. it and I feel terrible, anyways. Like, mm-hmm. What do I really want? Well,
1: well I it's, think it's about like putting things in their rightful order, yeah. right? And if, like, if God is the one who created us and we put the focus on him, Mm -hmm. then things kind of fall in line Mm -hmm. from there. But Mm -hmm. I think so much of our culture tells us, well, you are the center of your own life. Mm -hmm. You are the center of your own universe. So focus on the things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. But as you say, that creates this endless spiral Mm -hmm. of like need and consumption and need and consumption Mm -hmm. that's ultimately not fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, God is saying like, come spend time with me. Mm -hmm. Come discover who I am. Come, you know, like, You said, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Like, that is the thing we should be searching for, but cultivating an appetite for that is not always the easiest Mm -hmm. thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so insightful what you said about you get to know God and you get... I mean, if you do want to know yourself, a good way to do that is to get to know God better, right? Mm -hmm. I think we are pretty... I don't know opaque is that pretentious to say o- opaque <laughs> to ourselves you know? yeah like i can look at myself and not really and i don't know like i can be i, I confuse myself mm-hmm. and i think probably unless everyone's better adjusted than me which is possible that it's the same for other people mm-hmm. we look at ourselves and think you know, why, why? really? what's going on in there i don't really know mm-hmm. i need some i need some kind of direction here
1: well and by contrast if you think about the encounters that jesus had with disciples and the kinds of things he said to them that were so startling and like disrupted Mm -hmm. their normal daily life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he said things that sort of stopped them in their tracks and made them go, Oh my goodness, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) who am I? And who is this? And what am I doing? And you know, Mm -hmm. I need to reexamine my life now. And, and I think those are the kinds of encounters that God wants to have with us Mm -hmm. all the time. Like Mm -hmm. confronting when confronted with him, it, it, it causes revelation to come revelation about him revelation mm-hmm. about ourselves like there, because he does hold the keys to the kingdom and he contains eternal life. Mm-hmm. When we look to the person that's the source of life, it's like, Oh, then I finally start to see what life is really about. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we come to the Bible and think, uh, Oh, it's just a product of the culture that made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, you learn a little bit about the culture that made it and you think, oh, wow, that's not actually... I mean, it it, it uh, speaks pretty clearly against lots of things that were in that culture as mm-hmm. much as in ours. Mm-hmm. And the, the Jesus' teaching and even the Old Testament is pretty bizarre in its time, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we... If we Come to the Bible and excise the bits we don't like. Uh, how are we gonna hear from God? You mm-hmm. know, one of the the big things that one of the things that atheists say sometimes, you know, is God's just a big picture in the sky, a projection of your own self, of the mm-hmm. things that you kind of want or the way you wish the world was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that's not the Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't. When I read the Bible, I don't. Uh, it's not the, necessarily the way I wish things were. No. Or it's not necessarily what feels most natural to me. hmm That's the, the, the God the atheists talk about is the God we make if we just kind of put our own filter over the Bible. Yeah. And, and there's, say, this is just saying what I actually already believe. Yeah. You
1: know? But there's a lot of, I mean, God does a lot of things in Scripture that don't make sense yeah. to us. <laughs> yeah. Better...
2: What are the people in at the time yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. it's true I mean I as I became older as a Christian I found I had to undo a lot of that like Sunday school thinking of like David the hero and Mm -hmm. I'm like actually David was a really problematic guy (laughs) you know like there's a sense like as I grew older I had to relearn what those chapters or those books are really about and reframe like oh it's not what my the picture that my Sunday school teacher gave like it's mm-hmm. actually something much deeper, mm-hmm. you know. Um, where David lived a full life with God and with lots of peaks and valleys, and yet the Lord loved him mm-hmm. through in spite of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Any last thoughts?
2: <laughs>
0: mm. I was thinking about there's this kind of critique about Christians being so Bible crazy Mm -hmm. and they use the term bibliolatry have you ever heard that? that, it's this idea that we idolize the Bible and it's kind of like a critique of Christians and sometimes it even comes from within Christian circles but I remember hearing on this podcast such a good answer to that that um, if you applied that to any relationship it wouldn't make any sense Hmm. like if you said oh, I just love my dad so much, but I really don't want to hear anything he says. But I just love my dad so much. Like, that doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Like, if it is a relationship, if we love God, we do want to know what he says. Mm. And it's just, that's, I think that's kind of an important critique to, to demolish. Totally. <laughs> because it, it makes, uh, it kind of makes you feel shamed for loving the word. Yeah because you're just uh, you're just idolizing the bible too much Hmm. so
1: that's interesting i mean i'm so glad that you said that because i think i mean there's always these fierce debates in churches about like how word-centered are you going to be like do you have one reading or three readings Mm -hmm. do you have 10 minute sermons or 45 and Mm -hmm. um i think people always form some kind of a judgment about that, mm-hmm. you know, when they see that like, Oh, you guys preach for 35 minutes. Like that's a long time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know from my perspective, it's like, but we, we want to know, like we want to know God and we want to understand him. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this text, if taken at face value, I'm not going to understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I just glance over it, I if I don't give it the time and attention it deserves, then I'm not going to understand the Lord in this passage the way He would like me to know Him, mm-hmm. and I'm going to miss out. And so you're right. Like if we say we love somebody, if we say we love God, then we we want to dig into
0: His Word, and it's worth our time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we read it because we love Him, yeah, not because we love Bible trivia or love <laughs> yeah. being super. Smart with their fancy Bibles, <laughs> it's, but it is a relationship, and so it only makes sense. Yeah. To have communication in a relationship. Yeah. And and to hear his words is like, well, how else do we know him? How else do we love yeah. him? Yeah. It's the only way.
1: Yeah, that's so great. Uh, well, I just have one last question for you guys. So in this COVID time, how are you finding your encountering God in His Word? Is it easier? Is it harder? I know for, for me, for probably the first five or six months of COVID, all I could read were the Psalms. My mm. attention span was like super short. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you guys found in your,
2: mm.
1: in your reading?
2: Yeah, I guess, uh, the first, the first, uh, few months of COVID, my, I was at a, I was at a school, so I had more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually was really fruitful. Um, Read the Bible a lot. Uh, that was great. Um, and one thing that I'd, com- that you mentioned the Psalms, and mm-hmm. I would uh, commend that to anyone would be to use the Psalms and, and uh, pray them. Mm-hmm. That was a super, uh, been doing that on and off for the last, when was that retreat? Like, this, this CMDS, like two, three years ago? I think it's the last year or mm-hmm. two years maybe. And that's been pretty, form- pretty special and informative for me. Um, so that was really good. Uh, and then recently school's been up in session again. I've been, you know, busier than I'd like. And Mm -hmm. so I haven't been able to, well, I wouldn't say I haven't been able. I haven't got myself, uh, organized enough. Yeah. It's another new season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As much as as I used to. Um, but another thing that's been, helpful for me has been just reading kind of bigger chunks Hmm. Um, just reading a chapter or two or three or whatever I have time for at a time and uh, just kind of marinating in it you know like there's a time and place for really getting into the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. and there's a time and place for just reading a whole letter straight through because it's written that way you know stuff like that's been helpful for me just to engage with it coming to it like I said God's going to God's going to use this somehow, and maybe I'll have a moment. Maybe I won't, but uh, mm-hmm. at least I can get the sweep of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, what
0: about you, Carolee? Um. Well, actually, this brings up something I really wanted to share about, which is Berean groups. Mm. Um, and that's something that my parents learned about when the word became really important in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's based on Acts 17.11, Which talks about the people from Berea. So they're Bereans. They're Bereans from Berea. (laughs) And it says they examine the word daily with great eagerness, searching the scriptures to see whether what Paul said was true. Hmm. And so I guess the idea came from that verse to be like, let's be like the Bereans. Let's examine the scriptures daily. (laughs) Wherever they
1: are in the world. I don't know where Berea is, but (laughs) somewhere in the
0: Middle East. so that's been something that my parents have always been really involved with and it's really changed their lives um and so this year i started a breeding group with my neighbor sweet and that's because i'm a stay-at-home mom a lot of things just kind of continued same as usual yeah in the pandemic so we've been doing that nice uh, which has been really great and so basically how it works is you. Read every day, and then you come to the Bible study to share what you learned in scripture that week, okay, instead of sharing like studying a common passage together. Mm -hmm. So it's really good accountability, and
1: And you're kind of teaching each other, yeah, and then you learn
0: it really deeply because you have to teach it, yeah, um, that's awesome on your own. So that's really pushed me to go deeper Mm -hmm. and learn a lot. And this year, I read. Genesis 1-12 to 12 really really closely mm-hmm. and then my partner in the Berean group started reading through the Bible uh, chronologically so mm-hmm. then I started doing that with her so oh, cool. now I'm reading bigger chunks and um, it's been really interesting to revisit some of those tough passages of the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Mm-hmm. I just finished Leviticus and Numbers, <laughs> which definitely is <laughs> Light fare. <laughs> but it's been so good to read through it um, mm-hmm. with her. And actually, my mom is doing the same Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. So in the pandemic, what we've done is every time we study a passage, we'll, we'll leave each other a voice message oh. in text and just say, like, what did we learn about God today? Huh. Um and that's been a really really cool way to study as well yeah hear what she's learning and it's just a good question to ask yourself when you're done reading and again it just because you have to present it and talk about it out loud and kind of teach it yeah it just drives it so much deeper
1: that's so cool and it's been a good way
0: to process some of those difficult passages that's
1: so awesome
0: um, with someone so um the plan i'm doing is actually called the bible recap Okay. I've been promoting it a little bit with All right. the downtown... Advertising channel, for Bible Recap? Because <laughs> it's just a really good resource. It's it's a little five- to eight-minute podcast yeah. uh, that you listen to after each passage. Okay. So, if, so it kind of sums up what you... It gives you a bit of historical context and mm-hmm. helps you maybe understand some details that you might not have on your own. And it's the first time I've used a resource like that. I've done a lot of just reading on my own and Mm -hmm. studying but it's been really good that's great yeah 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 and just nice for people who feel intimidated as well by some Mm -hmm. of those old testament Mm -hmm. passages but it's like you can just start reading and have a little friend along the way to help explain it so that's so great that's been exciting
1: that's awesome that's super helpful
0: yeah cool
1: well thanks you guys thanks so much this is great (laughs) Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of The Table Church, a community in Victoria, B.C. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by The Preparation EP, written and arranged by Coco Relieve, and can be found at thetablechurch.bandcamp.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.